Good morning to Sri Sri Radhakalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees, those that are here in their physical material bodies and those that are unseen by the human eye. Of course, if we are very transcendental, maybe we're able to see the transcendental souls. I don't know that I fit in that category, so I'm still waiting for that mercy. So a reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 13, Text 18, and in every page of the scriptures, in every page of the scriptures, there's a lesson, and if we take our time and listen, Nicely, maybe we're able to gain something from those lessons that are displayed in the Vedic scriptures. But to remind us of our eternal relationship that's based on love as Radha and Krishna, we always like to sing before the scriptures, Jaya Radha Madhava. Jayaradamadhava Kunjabihari Jayaradamadhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Kirivaradari Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Kirivaradari Yashura Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yashura Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yamuna Vanachari Yamuna Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari
Maybe Radha Kalachanji wants more energy, more energy in the temple. There's always something going on. Always, always something. Um, but what's going on that's important to us is that we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 13, Text 18. And it's always good to be prepared to learn a lesson whenever you're reading from the scriptures. The worst position one would take is that they know everything that's in there and they'll just, it'll just rattle off their tongues. That's, uh, not that I have a, uh, uh, an unhealthy, uh, uh, self-confidence. I, I'm quite comfortable with it, but I know that sometimes it's even more special when you allow Krishna and Guru to guide whatever instructions that you're reading from to help you better um, give out a message. Hopefully every time that one sits here and reads from the scriptures, it's a prayer. And whoever's in attendance, whether they're seen or unseen, hopefully there's something that can be taken away that will enhance their lives even further than before. Text 18 Chapter is on Dear Trilastra, uh Quitting Home. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Text 18. I was born in the darkest of ignorance. My spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my most humble obeisances to him. The Duras Tat Abhi Pridya, Dear Tarastram Abashat, Rajanir Gamyatam Sigriam, Pasjedam Bayam Agatam. The Duras Tat Abhi Pridya, Dear Tarastram Abashat, Rajanir Gamyatam Sigram, Pasjedam Bayam Agatam. The Duras Tat Abhi Pridya, Dear Tarastram Abashat, Rajanir Gamyatam Sigram, Pasyadam Bayam Agatam. Go right ahead, Prabhu. The dearest Tara be Pritya. Dear Tarasram Abashata. Rajanir Gamyatam Sigram. Ashidam Bayam Agatam. The Duras Tarapi Pradya. Dear Tarastra Bashat. 
Knowing it well. Dhritarashtram. Unto Dhritarashtra. Abhashatta. Said. Rajan. O king. Yagamyatam. Please get out immediately. Sigrayam. Without the least delay. Hasya, to see, idam, this, bayam, fear, agatam, already arrived. And the translation here is, Mahatma Vidur knew all this, and therefore he addressed Dhritarashtra, saying, My dear king, please get out of here Immediately. Do not delay. Just see how fear has overtaken you. Again, translation. Mahatma Vidura knew all this. And therefore he addressed Dhritarashtra saying, My dear king, please get out of here immediately. Do not delay. Just see how fear has overtaken you. The purport here is, cruel death cares for none, be he Dhritarashtra or even Maharaj Yudhisthira. Therefore, spiritual instruction as was given to old Dhritarashtra, was equally applicable to younger Maharaj Yudhisthira. As a matter of fact, everyone in the royal palace, including the king and his brothers and mother, was raptly attending the lectures. But it was known to Vidur that his instructions were especially meant for Dhritarashtra who was too materialistic. The word Rajan is especially addressed to Dhritarashtra significantly. Dhritarashtra was the eldest son of his father, and therefore, according to law, he was to be installed on the throne in Hastinapur. But because he was blind from birth, he was disqualified from his rightful claim but he could not forget the bereavement. And his disappointment was somewhat compensated after the death of Pandu, his younger brother. His younger brother left behind him some minor children, and Dhritarashtra became the natural guardian of them. But at heart, he wanted to become the factual king and hand the kingdom over to his sons, headed by Duryodhana. With all these imperial ambitions, Dhritarashtra wanted to become a king, and he contrived all sorts of intrigues in consultation with his brother-in-law, Shakuni. 
But everything failed by the will of the Lord. And at the last stage, even after losing everything, men, money, he wanted to remain as king. Being the eldest uncle of Maharaj Yudhisthira, Maharaj Yudhisthira, as a matter of duty, maintained Dhritarashtra in royal honor. And Dhritarashtra was happily passing away his numbered days in the illusion of being a king of the royal uncle of King Yudhisthira. Vidur, as a saint and as the duty-bound, affectionate, youngest brother of Dhritarashtra, wanted to awaken Dhritarashtra from his slumber of disease and old age. Vidur, therefore, sarcastically addressed Dhritarashtra as the king, which he was actually not, Everyone is a servant of eternal time, and therefore no one can be king in this material world. King means the person who can order. The celebrated English king wanted to order time and tide, but the time and the tide refused to obey his order. Therefore, one is a false king in the material world. And Dhritarashtra was particularly reminded of this false position and of the factual, fearful happenings which had already approached him at that time. Vidura asked him to get out immediately if he wanted to be saved from the fearful situation which was approaching him fast. He did not ask Maharaj Yudhisthira in that way because he knew that a king like Maharaj Yudhisthira is aware of all the fearful situations of this flimsy world and would take care of himself in due course, even though Vidur might not be present at that time. There's always a message in the scriptures. And a lot of different thoughts came to mind. Um, one of them was, who am I? Why am I here? Of course, this is not my natural body. Who was I before? What is my purpose? And I don't know how many devotees take time out in their lives and ask themselves that. Because each year I try to get better and better at my sadhana, and I try to do better than the year before, which means that I have to open myself up to honesty and revisit my purpose. Who am I? What is it I need to do with this material, with this material body, that spiritual energy flows through. What do I need to correct? Who do I need to help? And not to go away from this, um, this text, 
But I know that each time or every other time that I come forward, I'm always talking about what's going on in the world. And granted, a lot of things have gone on in the world, but in my lifetime, in most of your lifetimes that are here, I don't think anything has ever happened in which it has affected the entire world. So forgive me uh, if I lament on the need for us to stay connected. Uh, it's important. As it is here with Vidura, I mean, he's traveled to... Um, He's traveled to visit relatives, and he doesn't have to really be there. He's actually coming to assist his brother. And you would think that age gives us intelligence, but it does not all the time. You would also imagine that when we become upset or we disrupt energy, what is it we're really trying to do? And when I was reading it, I thought, we want to control something. Or we want to be known as a controller. And I thought, how many times have I been in a situation or seen a situation where someone was being, and I'm speaking inside the walls here, and maybe inside the walls of other temples or, or homes. How many times have you seen some disruption and you want to trace it back to its source? Of course, there are other things that lead up to it, but ultimately, there's a control factor. The door is not trying to take the position of a controller. He knows what his purpose is here. Even though many did not consider him to be so highly enlightened, evolved, and actually one of the 12 Mahajans, he accepted the fact that they considered him a sudra, um, born of a, a sudra mother, but that really wasn't who he is. And I wanted to take that one step further. Who do you think you are? Who do we really think we are? Who do we really think the people around us are? Sometimes Krishna deliberately sends souls to this planet to assist us. And, of course, the majority of us come here because we wanted to be like the Lord. And there are some things that we have to correct and even up before we head back home. But... And I'm speaking specifically of the scriptures, but we have to be careful when we're trying to uh, take more than is a lot that, that we're entitled to. When we try to position ourselves in such a way that we feel we deserve things that we really don't deserve. And yes, there was respect for Deuterastra even though, actually, he was against the brothers, the Pandus. But yet and still, King Yudhisthira took him into the temple, took him into his home, and he treated him royally. But there were things that had to be, 
or how did they say, there were scores that needed to be evened out. Dear Tarasta really didn't belong where he was. He was enjoying the materialistic life, and he was older, and he should have known at some point that even though he may not have understood who Krishna was, even though he understood, I'm sure, the principles of God consciousness, I mean, who is he around? He's around his nephews, and they are definitely pure souls. Even though he knew what was right and what was wrong, he still took the position of someone that felt entitled. How many of us feel so entitled that we walk around as miniature kings. You look around the world, how many people are, how many countries are being toppled? Because those that are taking the position of king are not really taking the God-conscious position of a king or the guidance of one. But we're speaking here of the doer. That's where meditation comes in very handy. And again, I'm speaking on uh, personal reference and personal opinion. But even though we may not retain things that we know and understand, during meditation, when we're trying our best to be seriously involved in meditation and chanting, those are the perfect times to have a connection with Krishna, and even Guru. And we are given knowledge, but do we know the difference as to when we're receiving knowledge to act upon, to do something in a positive way towards someone else, or do we understand that knowledge that we're getting is because we need to correct something? What I'm saying is, if we take time daily, which is why Prabhupada always stressed, Guru always stressed, chant, no matter what, chant. Even if you are not sincere, even if you do it weekly, chant, and I say weekly, not like daily, but W-E-A-K-L-Y, not as strong as you ordinarily could. There is some benefit behind it. There is an extreme amount of benefit behind chanting in our process of sadhana as a devotee. There are many different religions that have the understanding that being in meditation with the Lord brings about a mass amount of understanding of direction, of guidance. And like the human beings that we are, when there's a lot going on around us, we become distracted. I think the time before last, I said that whatever's going on around us right now and and before, it's like someone, it's like the uh, juggler, the uh, palace juggler, the guy that just throws balls up in the air, and if he's good, he's got the attention of everyone in the room. 
And if he's very, very good, the king wants him there constantly to entertain. Sometimes we need to step away from the fact that we're being entertained. We also have to know when we're being entertained and distracted. The door was straight to the point on purpose, on task, on what he needed to do. What is it that we now feel we need to do? If our spiritual master and all of us, our spiritual masters have uh, left their material bodies, if you were in front of your spiritual master, what do you think he would tell you that you should be doing or that you should be responsible for? How would you behave in front of your spiritual master? And that's how most of us should check ourselves sometimes to see if we're on target. Would we do what we do if visually, physically, we could see our spiritual master? And what would we not do? Now, Vidura took instructions from uh, Maitreya, and he had what he needed, and he was done. And he went on to, uh, to renounce, to renunciation. In this time period, even though we have couples that are married, it is not necessary, and that's me saying this, it is not necessary to separate from a partner as long as both of you are Krishna conscious and you're helping each other on the path to Krishna consciousness. It's not really suggested that you separate. You have combined energy to perform a task as spiritual entities. We all have responsibilities. And it makes me remember how much my responsibility was when my spiritual master was on this planet. And they're very expert. They're very expert. They know exactly what you're supposed to be doing, who you were in a previous life. And if you were fortunate enough, you had the opportunity to talk to your spiritual master to get some guidance. With me... As time evolved, and I say this lightly, not with any ego, and with humility, that I can express the ideas and thoughts in the scriptures. And I find that most of us are put in positions to do exactly what we're supposed to do. This I enjoy immensely because every time I come before the devotees here, before each time I come before the, the altar, it is a blessing to me because I go back and I revisit what's in the scriptures. And each time it builds me up and it helps me. And it helps me to get clearer and closer to whatever goal it is that I'm supposed to be fulfilling in this lifetime. Most of us are on the second part of our life. Some of us 
me hold back on that thought again because I'm going to have to take it back in a minute. (laughs) Most of us are well-versed in what we should do and what we should not do. And I think every time that we're given an opportunity to wake up in the morning, we should revisit who we are, what our responsibility is, what would we be doing if Guru were in front of us and face-to-face? Would we be completing our responsibility in this world? Would we be on the proper path? Would we be a good example to someone else that's coming along the way? And even though that's not completely covered in this text, it's been covered before. I like to stress the fact that I think that most of, I feel that most of the devotees that have been around for a while should develop a connection with a younger devotee. Why? Because there's a lot of good wisdom that we can pass on. Maybe to help them have some guidance and direction as to where they should be going. And I'm not saying we should pass on our nonsense. We should pass on what Guru has given us. Because there's something to be said about the old and the not-so-old coming together and making an excellent team in developing routines and developing procedures and developing relationships. Just in the whole scheme of developing If you're turning on media from time to time, you'll hear how they make it seem so negative that people are thinking about what their parents did. They shouldn't become like their parents. Uh, That's a no-no. But you think of some of the old habits that our parents had are good. They must have been good because they placed us in the position to hear the holy name. I don't think we communicate enough. I think we should help each other with instructions on what we think or what we see spiritually is the other person's gift or goal. And it's like a vice versa. We can help each other. Again, getting back to the scriptures, the doer had a purpose. He knew what it was. He didn't allow the the luxuries of the palace and the places and the opulence that was available to him to go to his head. And most of us are in a position where, compared to other people, we are living an opulent life, and that can be distracting sometimes. What usually happens in a situation like that and in, in other situations, too, is that the Lord will start to take things away from you. He will start to take things away from you if you are very much attached for various reasons. He will also begin to take things away from you to pull you closer to him. And while it seems like the Lord is being cruel, in essence, he really, really isn't. Because when you think about it, when he's teaching us a lesson, 
if we accept the fact that there's a lesson that's being taught, we will become more receptive, we will become humble to the lesson, and we'll learn from it. And then we'll discover how much better we're living. Sometimes, when material attachments are loosened, and that's what Dear Tarastra should be finding out in the next, as they go on in the next couple of chapters. But what gets the attention in text 18, chapter 13 of Canto 1, is that Ladur already knows that Dear Tarasta is where he does not belong, that he's kind of living in a fantasy world, and that he has come, in essence, to save him. It is his responsibility to assist Dear Tarasta in his path. Dear Tarasta does not belong in the palace enjoying the opulence, the way he's being, the very nice way that he's being treated, whatever his desires are, they're given to him. He's a, he's an elder uncle. He's given the respect, but he's done some pretty naughty things. Well, beyond naughty. He was not so very loving to the Pandus. He has tried many times to become king, even though it wasn't his position. Yes, he was the eldest son, but because he was blind from birth, still at this old age, he's still trying to take the position of a king. And that reminds me that sometimes as we get older, there are positions that are designated for us because we are definitely good for those positions. And there are other things that we need to sometimes step aside and let someone else come along and do a better job or take that position. That's also outside the walls of the temple as well as inside the walls. So also the lesson here is that time is very short. And we forget that. But we remember it if someone very close to us or someone very what is it, near and dear to us, leaves their body. That shouldn't be the only time that we realize that life is short. It is important. And in some cases, it will appear to us as being cruel. There are a few people and maybe this goes a little bit beyond what we're talking about, but there are a few people that have had the experience of leaving their bodies and being able to come back to the material world, to the material body, and they're never the same again. But the understanding from the scriptures is that when you leave your body, you are either given an opportunity to take a better body or a body that is inferior to the body that you've had because of the way you live. This is a good time to look at our lives. Every day is a good time to look at our lives and see what have we done. What kind of lesson have we given others? What example have we been to others? Vidur, 
in the process of reading the scriptures has always been someone to follow, has always been reputable. Are we in that position? Can we actually feel that we've done something that if we left our bodies, someone would look at us, look back and say, well, this person did this and did that. Even with your children, children watch their parents and how they behave. We should be good examples to our children. We should be good examples to each other. We should be good examples to ourselves. We need to take inventory. Most of us take inventory every single year. First of the year, January 1. We're going to do some magnificent things. We're going to change things about us that were not so good before. Oh, they were not so positive as far as we viewed them. But I think that we should look at ourselves every single day. And I'm trying to remember where I read this, but for those whose spiritual masters are still in their bodies, every time you have an opportunity to have darshan with your spiritual master, there should be something about you that has changed. We should always be evolving. And that evolving should be to be a better person, to be a better example, to be an example of love. I find that also is a, it's a very strange, oh, what do we call it? It's a very uh, unusual description for some cultures to actually feel or be able to say love. That's another thing that I like. That's another of many things that I like about Krishna consciousness. When you're looking at the scriptures, the essence of it all is about love. And there is no reason why any of us devotees should not have that feeling deep in our heart to be able or to have the capacity to love or to share or to be able to assist someone that is maybe looking for some direction in Krishna consciousness, for someone that just needs to talk to someone, I will probably... Repeat this from time to time, that we do need to connect with other people. We need to connect to assist. Whether there's something going on in the world or not, we need to connect and check up on each other. It helps to strengthen the community. It helps to tighten the bond of a community when we can talk to each other, when we don't hide things or... or push things under the carpet, when we are transparent, it helps even more so. It, develop, it develops more trust among us. And I think that's something that most communities should be looking into. Um, personally, in my family, I, I will tell my offspring, ask me anything. I'll answer it. We've got to be more open, more transparent, but that transparency should be showing some semblance of love that we contain, that we can give. And it should also show that we have the ability to give some instructions, to 
to help someone in a positive way along the way. The doer is trying to save Dhritarashtra. He is encouraging him. And he's come right out and he's told him, get out of this place. It's You don't belong here. If we wanted to go one step further, we could say each and every one of us, we don't belong here. But that's not the point I'm trying to make. The door is telling this to uh, dear Tarasta because he knows he is not really himself. He doesn't know what's going on. We should try to be in a sane and sensible position so that we can give those instructions, not only to ourselves but to others, and to honor it every day and realize that every day, every single day that we have is a blessing. And if we really think about it, we should wake up asking the Lord, so Lord, what can I do today or what is it you want me to do today? Help me to do the best I can today because you've given me another day. This day is not to just delve in sense gratification, in anger, in egotistical manners, egotistical ways. You've given me a blessing, my goal to my spiritual master was to keep my sadhana, to chant, and to stay on the devotional path. Please help me in some way assist someone else today, because I find that when we're assisting others, we actually are assisting ourselves. And whether we want to or not, we end up feeling better about ourselves. So that's something to think about in relation to text 18. Dear to, uh, Vidur is assisting his brother. It is a responsibility he takes on, whether it's a pleasant one or not, but he knows that it's for the betterment. Of dear Tarastra. So we'll end at this point. Does anyone have a comment? Anything you want to say or share? And please always expect me to go a little bit, be, well, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, but when we have the scriptures, there's always something extra that's there that you can pick up when you're sitting amongst devotees. And I would have to say that's got to be the power of devotee association, and being in the energy of a dom that's constantly evolving. So thank you to um, thank you to all that came in the morning. Uh, it's not always easy to get up. Yes, it's done regularly by most people. Uh, let's be realistic. Uh, it's sometimes difficult, especially with the weather that we're having here, but I'm not going to get into that. We'll end at this point. Uh, dear Tarasto quitting home and the conversation that Vidura has with his brother. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Prabhu, are you tapping the mic? I didn't know you wanted to say something. Sorry. Yes. Mr. Bhagavad. Yes. Oh, my apologies, Prabhu. I would never ignore you. Yes.
how do we um, worry about what's what's good for others when we feel like nobody's going to make it happen for us except for us? Like we had, you know, like somebody was telling me that at one time. He said that you know, no, nobody's. You can't expect anybody to care about you. You have to make your own moves and make and make it happen for you. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, how can we worry about others when we worry have, about someone else when we've got problems or issues that need to be dealt with? In essence, is that it? Good one. Well, to um, to coin a, a, an old phrase that I always use, you have never, at any point in your time, I have never. At any point in my time, I have never been alone. You have always had, whether we realize it or not, we've always had the strength of the Lord in us. And as a matter of fact, he resides in us. When, and I'm taking you as an example, when you come into the association of devotees and you take it seriously enough to take diksha, uh, from a spiritual master to become initiated. You must know that it is not going to be an easy path. And a lot of things that were problems in our previous lives will come back to us because they've not been dealt with. So when you become aware of things that you need to deal with and nobody else seems to be able to assist you, Well, that sounds pretty much like a conversation that I need to have with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, with my Supreme Friend, with my Ever-Well-Wisher, and he really is. He really is our Ever-Well-Wisher. When we have an opportunity to take our eyes off of what others are not doing for us, Sometimes we have to put our eyes on ourselves to see what are we doing for ourselves because we come into this world with a vast amount of potential. And whether we realize it or not is completely up to us and completely up to the previous life that we've left. But you have been blessed immensely coming into this world You personally, as a devotee, your spiritual master, family that you have. Yes, I've I've met some of your family. Devotees. And it would not be difficult, just from my looking and observing things about most people, that when you find yourself in a group of devotees and your desire is strong enough that you want some help and when your desire goes along with the chanting of the Maha Mantra and praying for assistance, that help will come to you. 
but ultimately we have to find that strength within ourselves to do something because we've been given so much and we don't realize it. We've been given situations that are placed upon us to strengthen us. Maybe your situation is that in previous lives, okay, let me use someone else. Maybe someone else's situation is that in previous lives, they've been available to help someone, but they refuse not to do it. And then when they come to the next life, then the shoe is on the other foot, which would indicate may indicate to that individual this is this is something that I've got to get through. This is something that I've got to work on. If I'm having difficulty not finding someone to assist me, what energy am I giving out? What am I sending out to people? We become a reflection sometimes, most of the time, of the things that happen around us. And that's a little scary sometimes because our minds are not always in the right place. But I tell you, when you become a devotee, you become enlightened. And even though we don't have all the answers to the questions, we are connected to the authority that knows everything about us, that knows our previous lives, that knows what we're thinking, what our next step is going to be, why we do what we do. He also knows what we need to do to get out of this situation that we're in. Whatever it is that's on our heart, he knows exactly what it is. And if it ever gets to the point where it bothers one enough, prayer is the biggest assistance I've ever found. Yes, I chant, and I'm praying during the Maha Mantra, but when we drop our egos or whatever it is that keeps us from feeling helpless and connecting with the Lord, and if you're stumbling at this point, that's a conversation that you need to have either with someone that you trust, either with a peer, or either with the Lord. Either one or the other is going to satisfy whatever that issue is with you. If you choose properly and if you ask for guidance, you'll get that assistance that you need. You probably might be amazed or we probably might be amazed at all the people that are around us that are available to assist us, and we give off an energy that says, stay away from me, or an energy that says, I don't want to have anything to do with anyone, I'm just on this path. We give off, yes, we have Shakti. Yes, we have a, 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 a various amounts of Shakti. There's also an energy that we do give off or that we do show other people feel. So my question would be, what energy do you think that you're giving to others where it's difficult to find someone to assist you when you're having an issue or when you want some help? 
that would be the question I would ask. Why am I having this difficulty? Um, every single one of us in this room is different. Every single one of us has a different type of energy or aura. And it's specifically ours. It could either be our greatest friend or our worst enemy. We have to decide how we're going to use it. And whatever you do, if you're changing what you're doing, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen eventually. You might surprise yourself. If you start to change how you do what you do, how you interact, we might also be surprised when we change what we do and what, how we act at the response from people. We might be amazed. Did I say too much? <laughs> Any other questions? Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Jai Shishi Radha Kalachanji Dham ki jai.